welcome back to another episode of She Well Read. Welcome back. We <laughs> Snaps. Um, and today, Samra, do you want to, I feel like I always do it. Do you want to do it? No. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> All right. Um, so today yeah. we have our good friend Chad with us. Hey, Chad. Chad. Hi, Yes, and today he's going to be talking to us about, again, all things Black Lives Matter and shouting his own plugs out. So with that, Chad, we can give you the floor. Awesome. So uh, my name's Chad, originally from Millersville, Georgia, but right now I'm right here in the Magic City, Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, I am a woke vote leader. So, you know, I am definitely a voting Negro. And um, yeah, like we are in the middle of this revolution that we've started due to the uh, terrible deaths of a lot of our black brothers and sisters and our black trans brothers and sisters as well. And uh, we are here to lead the way in that fight to ensure equity and justice. That's 100%. Right. So Chad, do you want to tell us a little bit about what you do in Woke Folk? Yeah, so um, basically I am a millennial outreach type of person like uh we do a lot of work with getting people registered to vote um we don't just campaign like a lot of i think a misconception with woke vote is people think we're like a campaigning group and we pick a politician and we support them like no woke vote is uh non-biased we don't have any party affiliations it's about mm -hmm. the agenda which is what kind of made me fall in love with the organization because Usually with this type of work, you have these people who are like, oh, Joe Biden, or oh, Elizabeth Warren, or Bernie Sanders, and it's like nothing in between. Whereas mm -hmm. with Woke Vote, it's about this agenda. Like if you're the type of politician that is pushing equity and healthcare and all these things that we care about, that's who we support. And so I think that's pretty awesome. Um, I've actually campaigned for people like Frank Scott, who is the first African-American mayor of Little Rock, Arkansas. Doug Jones, of course. Um, Doug. <laughs> amendment, yeah, Doug. <laughs> amendment, <laughs> uh, Florida, which is, it gave more than 2 million people the opportunity to vote by restoring uh, formerly incarcerated people's right to vote in Florida. So that was huge. And uh, we still got a million things to do that I look forward to. Okay, gotcha. So it's like an ever-going campaign for different platforms that you guys believe in. Great way to put it, yeah. Ever is never ends. And where can we follow you guys? Um, follow us at Woke Vote on Instagram. W-O-K-E-V-O-T-E. -E. One word, and you'll find it. Gotcha. Awesome. Um, so speaking of voting, with all all of the elections coming up, because I don't like to say just the presidential election, because those it's not the only elections that are going on. Um, how is woke vote participating in that, and what do you guys do when it comes to you know primary season and just any type of election? Right. So just like Sister Samra said, uh, we never end, and so one of the things that we always push is these registration deadlines. And Alabama's is at the end of June, as we all know. And so, like, we, throughout the year, we're pushing registering to vote, not where you're from, but where you are. So that's mm -hmm. a big shout out to, like, us college students, because, you know, I'm from Georgia originally. And, you know, for, I would say probably like a year and a half, 
I was still registered in Georgia. So I would like drive all the way to South Georgia to vote. But I'm in Birmingham. So the issues that are happening in Alabama affect me. So that's what kind of inspired me to get registered to vote here. Um, and that's one of the biggest things that we do. I mean, like I say, we don't push candidates. Like you will never see woke votes say vote for Joe Biden. But we do push the, for the black voice. And so we fight voter suppression by making sure votes, make sure we have proper polling, make sure we have education uh, sent out to the people, distributed correctly. And, you know, that's what we do. That's amazing. That's, and it's so needed. You know, we keep seeing voter, voter suppression in so many different areas of the U.S., especially the South. And I don't know, are there specific programs that we have in this area or I guess anywhere in the South where we are, I guess, trying to combat this issue? Because I don't, I don't know, like, do you think that mail-in elections would be a better alternative versus having to drive somewhere? Um, I don't know. Well, I I think the mail-in vote is better for the climate that we're in, especially with COVID-19. Um, mm -hmm. And I do think that it would improve voter turnout because, you know, a lot of people don't really have time to go out and vote, unfortunately, because we don't make voting a holiday or, you know, this occasion where everyone gets to participate, right? right. And so, like, to answer your question, you know, voter suppression is getting fought every day in every state. And one of the ways to combat voter suppression, it sounds crazy, but it's by voting. We have to make sure that these politicians that are gerrymandering our districts mm -hmm. are out of there. You know what I'm saying? Um, I can give you an example. So I lived in an apartment complex that was in Homewood, Alabama. But because of our Republican powers that be that are in Alabama, my district was gerrymandered, so I was no longer voting for Homewood. Now I was voting as a Birmingham resident. And so that mm -hmm. is a huge thing because I lived in a predominantly African-American and uh, Latino community, which everyone knows statistically African-Americans, Latinos usually vote Democratic. So our voice that usually went to trying to push those issues in Homewood all of a sudden gets exited out. And now we're a part of this larger Birmingham district, which is already predominantly democratic and so it really taking away our power and our voice so we have to get out and vote and make sure we combat that right gotcha. okay and that's so important especially when you're moving um, and i know a lot of people are moving around this time so making sure that you're registering your new place of residence so that you can vote for the correct district um, is so important also super important for sure, for sure. So I know woke vote is super out there in the community fighting for, like you said, all those things. Um, and with COVID and all the protesting that's going on right now, I know you're super involved with that. What have you been seeing? What have you been hearing? Just, you know, share with us some of your experience that you've had. Well, you know, like when it comes to the protest, I, to me, and I mean, no, we're super young, right? But for me, this is like, to it, it feels different for some reason. Mm -hmm. Like, this isn't just, you know, unrest. This is like the people demanding, like, no, we want systematic change that is going to change the way we think about our country. And, you know, I think that's absolutely beautiful. I know, like, with COVID-19, you know, a lot of people aren't working. So I think that has a lot to do with the fact that 
we're gaining a lot of momentum like that. Um, and also, I must say, I have to say, like, you know, we have to make our voices heard. And we got to make these politicians understanding that this, the way that you guys have been doing things is not working. Because, you know, we're always talking about prison reform and police reform, right? But meanwhile, while you're reforming, Black people are still getting killed in the street. And we're still getting mass incarcerated. So, right. you know, the time for reform is long gone. Like, either you're defunding the police or you're right. not. Right. We need to make a statement. We need to make some serious change. Um, what was I about to? What was I about to ask you? Oh my god! What was it? Well, while you're thinking of that, I like that you said defunding the police because that's something that I've been wanting to talk about on this series because I feel like a lot of people don't really understand what that means. Like, you right. know, you have your people who do understand what that means and fighting for it, but then you have people who are like, well, we still need police and da -da -da. And no one's not saying we don't need police. That's not right. Um, so do you want to share with us kind of explaining the whole defunding movement? Yeah, so, so the defunding the police, like you said, it's not about just taking money away from police officers and their departments. It's not about that, but it's about reimagining how we distribute our local economy's wealth. So instead of the police being the largest, because this is true in a lot of cities like Atlanta and Birmingham, the police get most of the city budget, but we have to start reimagining how our money is being spent in our communities. So instead of policing, let's put money in community development, housing, rehabilitation, um, um, mental health services, infrastructure. You know, like I'm looking at Homewood, Alabama, and they're building a brand new police department, but we still have roads with giant potholes in it. We still have traffic lights work. We still have an opioid crisis that is going on in the Birmingham area. So a these things, crisis. there's so many things going right. on in education crisis. Right, right. And so we, that's what defunding is about, you know, and, and another thing I will say, a lot of people know this about me, but personally I am for, you know, police abolition, but to go back to what you were saying, Lana, it's not that I'm saying we don't need any type of police, but the way our police system is set up today needs to be completely revolutionized and, you know, reform is just not enough for that. So defunding the police isn't about just taking money away from the police. It's about putting money into the things that we think matters as citizens. Right. And I think another thing, like going along with that, what comes with, you know, like you said, putting it into all those other services, people are like, oh, well, you know, things get defunded all the time. Yes, but that's the problem. Because if you start there at the foundation of those things, you wouldn't need the police as much. That's the whole point. Like, right, that's exactly the point. You know, we, right. you know, th just think about how many times have we heard, especially with black people, uh, someone that's suffering for some type of mental illness, and then the police come up, show up with guns blazing. Right. That would right. be the opportunity for a mental health specialist to come and intervene and try to stop that situation. But it doesn't happen. You right. get what I'm saying? Right. So it's like, we have to, like you say, we have to reimagine how we look at those things. You know, the, the police, and then this this concept that police prevent crime is false. Crime has never decreased drastically at any point in American history. It has gone up. And so what happens when there's an emergency? You call the police and they come, they lock people up. But there's what has mm. prevented? Nothing. 
Right, right. They, we have so many instances of police unable to do their job of keeping people safe. And mm -hmm. if they are in the position of like keeping, keeping people safe and keeping people away from harm, it doesn't make sense that they are not able to de-escalate these situations and are only making them worse. Right. Yes, ma'am. Mm -hmm. You hate to see it. You really do. And it's, it's just, I was thinking about it today because I keep telling myself, myself, I need to take these social media breaks because I just, I can't handle every time I log on somewhere like Twitter, because you know, Twitter knows everything first, right. every single day, it's a new name, a new police mm -hmm. officer, couldn't handle a situation. And so they were like, no, I'm going to pull out my gun and shoot this person and end their lives. Like, right. Right. why is that A, B, and then C? Right. Yes. And that needs to be Z. Z, exactly. And on the alphabet chain, like maybe. Right. Unless you're win. literally threatening your life. Like, I feel like a gun to your head, knife to your throat. Like, then, all right, protect yourself. However, and I think what comes with that is training, proper training of police. Like, why does it only take six weeks for someone to become a police officer? Right. Mm. Right, but it takes years to become a lawyer. Right. Come on. So I mean, it, it's the same thing, bro. Like we we aren't put, we aren't focusing on the right things. You know, the police do not prevent crime. You know, uh, America is one. We have so many people behind bars for nonviolent offenses, and they're not being rehabilitated because when they come back out into the street, our recidivism rates are still high because you take away the right to vote, you take away their chance to get a job. And so what do they do? They resort back to the same behaviors that landed them there in the first place. Right. Right. And can we talk about how, in, sorry, my cat's like doing something in the back. Can we talk about how if you are convicted of a felony, you're not able to vote anymore? Right. So, I mean, that, that is silence forever. Right. That is a strategic plan by our government, because you have to understand if mass incarceration is a problem, and we all know that black people are the most incarcerated demographic in America, even though we're only 12% of the population, what does that equate to? Well, that equates to millions of black people not having the opportunity to vote. Right. How does you going to jail equate to you never being able to vote for things that impact you anymore? Right. right. And you have to understand is what our society does to someone that is deemed a criminal. When you are deemed a criminal, your, your rights don't matter to us anymore because that's the type of verbiage and propaganda that we've pushed to the people. Like, hey, if you commit a crime, you don't deserve rights. You don't mm -hmm. deserve you know, a, a clean prison. You know, when you look at the issues in Parchment Prison in Mississippi, like wow. we take yes. away, we dehumanize them. We dehumanize yes. them. And we have to redefine what we consider to be a criminal because it's illegal to be homeless. It's illegal to be addicted to opioids. Yep. So, I mean, what is a criminal? Is you know, it really illegal to be homeless? How did I not know that? Yeah, like, you know, there are, you know, like, but they disguise it in different ways, like loitering. Oh, you can't sleep here. You can't be here. You can't exist in this area. Why? Because you don't look like us. You're, you're, you're homeless. You're, you're a street person. So we're going to call it. Wow. Yeah. wow. They look at like Scott said, it's disguised in different ways. Right, like, like Woolworth, right. <laughs> and they're a little disguised. Oh, they're just 
advertised um, message to the public or whatever. Um, I don't know if, should I go into it? Should I kind of explain what happened? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I mean, we just slander on Woolworth, but like I've been there before, um, but today they posted, I don't know if it was today or like last night or yesterday, but they posted this kind of dress code awareness message to the public and basically we're saying, I can pull it up, but basically saying like you can't wear sweatshirts, you can't wear jerseys, you can't wear anything that if you're a guy that shows your arms, like this is a place of, um, I don't know, they're trying to make it like it's a fine dining type thing, which it's, it's like an arcade bar, like. It's an adult. Yeah. We, I, <laughs> right. right. And right. I think the, the funniest thing about that place is, well, first of all, Woolworth, when I hear Woolworth, I think of the Greensboro sit-ins that took place during the Civil Rights Movement, because that was the name of the lunch counter that denied our ancestors in North Carolina the opportunity to sit and eat amongst white folks. So when I hear Woolworth, I'm auto automatically negative. You know, but, I read that today and I was like, wow, well, there you go. Yeah. You know? But then, you know, they, they say no beanies and no skull caps. But then when you go on their website, I see a white guy with a skull cap. Yes. Mm. So what are you saying? Oh, oh, wow. So there were discrepancies even within. Yes. Yeah. I, hmm, it doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And what I keep reading and it makes sense to me is that it's just basically coded racism. Um, so all of these new rules that they're creating to make it like a more upscale five point South location is basically just like you, you I, they're trying to get rid of people like us right right and the part that I hated the most is they tried to make it funny like they were subtle like subtle things like oh don't wear camo or camouflage leave that in the 90s like what yeah we're doing that mm -hmm. it was like don't wear like like worker boots unless you're unless you're working here, like doing construction here right like what what does that even mean Are my dogs to your place <laughs> no i'm not cleaning a toilet i just want to like wear some boots or whatever yeah so a bar that has a bowling alley in the back i'm supposed to be dressed to impress like get out of here right so. right mm -hmm. okay. yeah <laughs> I don't know off topic. I don't know how I got there from what we were talking about, but there really are just so many issues. Well, we were us. saying how it's subtle. It's always a subtle thing. Right. And it's yeah. not always that it's subtle. It's just that it is disguised in institutions and it's hard to combat entire institutions. You know, I was, I was bringing up earlier, if you look at Khalif Browder's story, Khalif Browder sat in a prison for two years without being accused of anything. He didn't get a trial. But then when we think about it, the, the guys that murdered, murdered George Floyd were able to bail out. Yeah, we're able to get on on so bail. Right. You got, pe you got people that can bail out for murdering someone, but you got an a, a innocent guy sits in jail for two years without a trial just because he can't afford bail. And then he's exposed to so much mental trauma that he later commits suicide. That's mm -hmm. a problem. Right. 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 Um, and I was reading more about how he made bail because someone I saw in some comments tried to make the point of, oh, you know, you only have to put up 10% of it or whatever. Um, but then I 
found out that there was a GoFundMe in place to get him out of jail. Mm -hmm. And it's like people like who aren't, they're just not opening their eyes at this point. Like it's very obvious. It's very prevalent. Like you just have to like be, that's just ignorance to me. I of feel course. like it's it's hate. It's got to be that like hate underlying point. hate. Right. There's no way you can look at this situation and be on the side of the cop. In no way. No, not none. But Zero. that's what our society breeds. It breeds an atmosphere of the cops are the good guys, and whoever they catch, they're the bad guys. And the bad guys usually look like me. So you right. hate to see it, right? It's heartening, but. Coming to, I guess, a brighter note, um, mm -hmm. what are things that we can do? I like this question because, you know, sometimes we can feel so hopeless at home just reading about these things, feeling like we can't do anything. Um, and it brings to mind because I donated to a few bail funds and there was, yeah. <laughs> um, so, but I was reading today about the Minnesota um, Freedom Fund, about how they raised about like $35 million, but there was some criticism because only $100,000 of that actually went to bailing people out of jail. And so there was this kind of, I won't say argument, but discussion of why that happened. Um, so I'm not really, is Woke Vote a, no, a nonprofit organization? Yes, we are nonprofit. Okay, so maybe you can help answer this question. Um, a lot of people were saying, well, you know, these things, like, you can't, as a nonprofit, you can't just shove that money out the door. Like, there's a process to things. Um, so can right. you explain that a little bit, if you know anything on that? Yeah. So, I mean, with what you have to understand is with nonprofit organizations is, like, there's such a process because a lot of the money that is received or that is given to these nonprofit organizations, these are tax write-offs. <laughs> so everybody know the IRS don't play about their dollar. So, I mean, it's just a process that, that has to go through. And I don't think we should be canceling that fund because that fund has done a lot of great things and we should continue to give to that fund and, and trust our people with the, the monetary influence that they have to make sure that, you know, justice is being served and we're able to bail out our brothers and sisters who are locked up in these protests. And, you know, so I don't think it should be canceled, but I think, like you said, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a long process with nonprofit organizations. Right. Yeah, because I saw someone try to do a comparison to where like, oh, only this amount of money's gone towards it. Well, here's why. And it showed who's in charge of the Minnesota Freedom Fund and it's majority white people. And so they mm -hmm. automatically went to that, oh, it's because they're white. That's why they're not doing it right. When, you know, sometimes I feel like sometimes that narrative happens to where it's like, no, there's actually a reasonable reason why this has to happen this way. Sometimes people automatically jump to, oh, it's because it's a bunch of white people. Right, right. I mean, and, and you can't you can't be angry with with black people, especially for having that mindset, because right. it's hard to trust people outside of the community, especially with things that have gone on. And you know, one thing I will say to the white allies out there, you know, to be a proper ally, sometimes that means you have to be quiet and let the people actually affected lead the cause because they know what they need a lot more than you. And that's a lesson that I learned from the women's rights movement because I'm a natural leader, you know, and so it, it's instinctual for me to be one to want to be the voice, right? But I had to take a step back and say like, nah, this is the time for me to sit back and, and just, you know, be an ally, support, listen to the women. 
And it's the same thing with the Black Lives Matter movement. Like, if you're a white person and you want to be an ally, come and protest with us. Come and support us uh, financially. Come and bring water, bring fans, you know, bail bonds, all these things. But sometimes, gotta be quiet, let us lead. Right. That's right. so important. That's a, that's a beautiful way to say that. <laughs> yeah, of course. And, and, that, and that goes back to history. You know, Stokely Carmichael is one of my favorite activists, Kwame Ture. And, uh, you know, he was in charge of SNCC, which was the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. And, you know, this was in the 60s. And there was a time where they told their white members, you know, hey, we don't want you guys to be a part of the organization anymore. And it wasn't because they were excluding them. It was because they were saying, hey, we need y'all to use your power and influence and your white privilege to talk to white folks and let us deal with our people. So that's what being an ally is about. Right. Recognizing what the what this person needs or these people need and then doing that right absolutely right <laughs> so chad besides woke but what are some other organizations that you know you want to shout out or call attention to that we can be on the lookout be allies for yeah uh she will read that was a good one <laughs> They got the you can come back whenever you want. <laughs> <laughs> the Democratic Socialists of Birmingham, they are awesome and great, especially at putting out, um, you know, information about protests. Of course, you got Woke Vote. You got Urban Impact. You got the, um, okay. um, I mean, it's, it's so many to name. Oh, my gosh. I don't want to exclude anybody. Um, but I think that's the point, like. Instead of feeling like, you know, you don't know of anything to support, there's so many to support. Yeah, and it's it just is. a matter of finding them, you know? Right, right. For sure. So, yeah. Well, Sebra, do you have anything else? Or, I know I've been talking a lot. <laughs> no, um, no, that was great. I, I wanted to mention two other things, but I don't know. Like, y'all can edit it out if you want to do it. Okay, so one was Pastor Mike uh, from Rock City was saying he was calling on the NBA to postpone the season or I guess skip it. I don't know. Like logistically, I don't know how it would work. But he was calling on the NBA to forego their season basically in honor of what's going on in the country and the movements that are happening um, concerning Black Lives Matter, as well as just in general, like creating more momentum for this, because um, as soon as these games start happening, you know, attention is fleeting, and the momentum that we have right now is so unique, like you're saying, like it feels different at these protests and at these rallies and things. Um, how do you feel about that as a guy, like as someone who, I don't know, cares more about sports than I do? Because like me, I don't have a problem with it, but. Right, right. I mean, well, you know, I first of all, shouts out to Pastor Mike. Pastor mm -hmm. Mike really walks it like he talk it. He we put his money with him. His house. <laughs> Pastor Mike always getting that stamp of approval from me. So shouts out to the Rock Church. But, um, you know, I love basketball. You know, that is my favorite sport. It's my first love, the game of basketball. Mm -hmm. And I would love to see LeBron James win that championship this year. I would love to see it. But, you know, I can definitely understand PMJ and even some of the players like Kyrie Irving, 
like Avery Bradley, like Bradley Beal, that are coming out and saying, like, I don't know, Dwight Howard, like, I don't know. And and I agree with it, you know. We don't want to distract the people because what's going to happen is if the, if the playoffs come on, people are going to want to watch and they're not going to be out in the streets. But, you know, LeBron James himself said that he feels that they can still be advocates while playing. So, I mean, it's, it's tricky for me. I love the game, so I want to see them play basketball. But at the same time, I totally agree with you, Samra, and Pastor Mike, that it's bigger than basketball at the moment. So mm-hmm. I agree with PMJ. Right, because I even had to sit back and think about that. Talk to it with my dad, um, just because I was like, you know, I get like, you know, LeBron said that he, there are ways to be advocates while playing, but the point is you're still playing, and I'm watching you instead of focusing on what you know has a bigger priority right now. So I think that's kind of the toss up of what's happening. Um, and I did hear that they weren't going to be letting fans in to watch anyway. So I don't right. know. I feel like there's a lot of different ways that they can handle that situation. And I guess we'll find out. Um, but Tamara, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, it was a question that I had and haven't yeah, asked anyone else how they felt about it. So I was interested. Oh yeah, that's great. I definitely agree though. It's it's bigger than basketball, but and and this coming from somebody that loves the game and I want to see it, but it's bigger than the game right now. Heard. Right. Well, you heard it here first. I agree with you all read and PMJ. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Describe to all of our things. Um anyway. <laughs> Well, with that, Chad, we'll wrap up this interview. If you want to shout anything else out right now. Um, oh, yeah. Shouts out to Woke Vote and our CEO, Dewana Thompson. Shouts out to Deanna Reed. Shouts out to Think Rubik's and the entire family. We appreciate y'all for giving us this opportunity to try and lead. Um, vote. If you want to register to vote and you don't feel comfortable going somewhere because of uh, the pandemic, you can go online vote.org that simple vote.org you click your state click where you are identify yourself with your social security number or driver's license number if you don't feel comfortable you can be registered to vote online people it's the 21st century and if you can't get out and register to vote and if you can't get up and go to a protest then how can we say that you down for the cause that's the least you can do voting is activism always remember that and to our old school brothers and sisters out there that, you know, are trying to police the way we want justice, listen, sit in the back seat. Y'all drove half the distance. Let us drive the rest of the way. We're going to get you there, I promise. Right. Let us drive the boat. <laughs> Let us drive the boat. Hand <laughs> over the keys. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Chad. This is definitely not the last time we'll have you on. I'm sure there'll be other opportunities, especially when it comes time to vote in November. Um, So thank you so much for coming on and speaking with us today. It's always a pleasure. We appreciate you, Chad. Yes. Y'all are doing great with She Well Read. Keep on promoting those books. Thank you. We love to hear it. Um, And with that, that's been another episode in our Question for the Culture series, and we will see you guys next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. (laughs) Thank you for listening today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Please follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, and YouTube to stay in the loop of all things She Well Read.
And remember, if you have anything to add, comment, suggest, feedback, send it all to shewellreadqa at gmail.com. And for any business inquiries, send us an email to shewellread at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe, download, and leave a review for today's episode. And subscribe to us on any platform you listen to podcasts. We love you. Thanks again. Bye. Bye.